I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And as always, I'm his loyal confidant, Rob Langevin. It's true. And on today's episode, we'll be talking a little bit about price changes, start sits, a new thing where we're going to talk about core, cores from individual Premier League clubs, uh, and then we're going to talk about captains, etc. Uh, we're actually going to have to run through this pretty quick, so you won't get to hear how Rob and I are doing in life. Just well, would you say well? Uh I'm I'm well, yeah. I'm not over well done. I'm not medium rare. I'm just I'm right. I'm I'm chilling. You're well, yeah. I mean, not not so cooked that you have to put steak sauce on it, but not yeah. as juicy as you'd like. I get that. Also, uh, I would like to give a quick uh, sad face for Neil Walker leaving to join the Mets, uh, Pittsburgh kid, and all that. Uh, we get John Neese, who race series will turn into a Cy Young winner. Anyway, N- nice nose. <laughs> Nice nose. Anyway, all right. Uh, for <laughs> price changes, like I said, we're gonna just dive straight in in the category of buy before they go up more. David Silva. He is my love child. I love him so very, very much. Um, I am literally willing to risk every fantasy team on Silva. I have him in draft leagues. I have him in this uh, in my dot com game league. Uh, and I know he was incredibly disappointing last week, but he, if you're looking at this long term, which is how I tend to look at a player like David Silva, he could easily hit 11.0 by the end of the year, easily. Um, Boney will get the start again, which isn't the best news for him, as he kind of has a, like a mind link with Aguero, and they always know where each other are. But they're facing a wayward and managerless Swansea side, so I think attacking players at City are a big ones. So that kind of covers the short term, long term. Uh, Alberto Moreno is now at 5.0. A lot of people worried about Kolarov with all the cliche stuff going on. Is Alberto Moreno the new defender that should be owned by everyone? Yeah, you know what? For me, you know, you exactly touched on the two guys that I circled on my notepad here. Uh, David Silva is the, the difference maker through the midfield that somebody could pick up 
is under-owned, and the price point for an attacking City defender is cheaper than De Bruyne. Uh, it's, it's a lateral move from if you have extra fundage from uh, your Alexis Sanchez fiasco through the midfield. Hmm. Um, you know, his ownership, 5.6% right now. I expect that to be probably like closer to 7 by the end of the week. And I, I can completely agree with you that, you know, give him like five or six weeks, he's going to be at 10-5 probably by New Year. Yeah. If, if he stays healthy and does David Silva things, he, he's going to be pretty much owned by 20% probably by New Year because everybody has a lot of – everybody's sitting on a lot of cash right now yeah. because there's there's nobody really to invest it in that has a, a yeah, high Yeah, because Hazard point. isn't working. Sanchez has been hurt. Aguero's yeah, hurt. Aguero's out. So yeah. everybody's sitting on a nice little kitty in their in their pocket. And, you know, from, from a lateral move of – having an 8.0 midfielder like, you know, like a Tadic or an AU, you know, someone in that price point range, moving up to a Silva as your fourth midfielder, technically, because you're transferring him in as your fourth, because that guy was probably your existing as your fourth right. after your Mores is your De Bruyne's and your Oltzels, because uh, you you're, should be playing all three forwards because the abundancy of forwards right now that are uh, affordable price yeah, points. And they all being, have good matchups this week. And, too. Yeah, and they're all doing, they're all doing it well. So, yeah, I mean, Silva, to me, is a no-brainer, 10.0. Everybody should jump on him now before he goes up higher. Um, And Alberto Moreno, um, I I like Liverpool defense. They they got skunked last week, um, and I was pimping them pretty good. But Moreno, to me, is the guy I would want to own from a Liverpool defensive standpoint. Uh, You know, if you like a wing wing defender, Moreno's your guy. If you like the, the standby, you know, guy who looks like, uh, you know Scott Dan, but has a, a less hair than go with Martin Skirtle. I mean, <laughs> but uh, anybody from Liverpool defense that you can get at a modest price point is probably a good investment because they're probably going to do moderate things defensively. But the defensive ranks right now are pretty much a, a wisp and a prayer of a of a clean sheet wish. You know, everybody wanted to jump on the Southampton bandwagon, myself included, and look what they've done the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So you kind of have to play matchups, and Liverpool has a, has a fine one this week. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, there isn't a player I'd recommend buying that's going on the way down. I think that I agree with everyone that's already selling him in Johan Kabai, now down to 6-6. Six, six. Uh, his fantasy relevance has uh, considerably declined from earlier in the season. Now has six straight games with three points or fewer. Eleven games this season at three points or fewer, uh, which is just not enough to warrant a six point six price tag. And you know, some people were talking about uh, how his points, you know, would continue despite them all being penalty goals. Twenty four percent of his points this season are from penalty goals. That is not sustainable. Uh, and I think that's why he's not ownable at the moment at all. And uh, we talked a little bit about the show, but kind of the rest of them, everybody else that that dropped in, in point price uh, is deserved. <laughs> They're either hurt or lacking playing time or performing poorly. You have anybody else to add to this list? No, I mean, I completely agree with Kabai. I mean, he's got 13 points since Halloween, the week before Halloween, actually. So that's not very good. He's still owned in 14% of all leagues. Uh, 13% still top 10 of, owned, yeah. Yeah. 13% are probably deceased or zombie teams. Um, the only other guy that went down again that people should be keeping an eye on because he's a fantasy difference maker through the midfield, and we just talked about him, how, how his price point is helping people with their extra abundance of cash. But Alexis Sanchez went down again. 
you know, I know he's still maybe one to two weeks away. I, I don't know how long because they don't give an exact timetable. But, you know, he's somebody to keep an eye on because with that extra cash, everybody's going to want to jump, be the, be the first person to jump on him to, to try to make up points in their league or overall. Uh, only because they know what Alexis Sanchez can do. And his ability to do it is basically what Sergio Aguero can do in the forward position. And the price point compared to what Aguero's is to, to other forwards is what Sanchez is to is compared to midfielders. So keep an eye on Alexis Sanchez. I, I, I'm not saying, you know, wait until this dot O price to, to grab him again because we don't know how long he's going to be out. And Arsenal is doing pretty well without him. They did pretty well in uh, the, the Champions League game today without him. Mm. Yeah, especially Giroud, which kind of to your point from last week was that he might actually thrive without Sanchez kind of clogging things up for him from time to time. Uh, like I said, we are going to move pretty quickly in this one, so we're going to just jump straight into start sits now. Uh, for forward, I have Odion Higalo. I've captained him the last two weeks. He's gotten me bucket loads of points. And I'm surprised that his ownership percentage is so low as 26.7%, which sounds insane considering that's the fourth most owned striker uh, in the dot-com game. Uh, he does not tend to have great stats against teams in the top six, but he tears up everyone else. And this week he faces Sunderland, who are not in the top six, surprisingly. Um, so I, I really like Igalo this week. I realize that everybody loves Kane, Lukaku, and Giroud this week. They all have pretty good matchups. Uh, but for me, it's Igalo. Also, Wilfried Bonny is a sneaky play. By all means, do not go out and bring him in. If for some reason you still have him or are just interested to see how he does, he will be playing against Swansea, former club with no manager, as I mentioned during the Silva thing. Uh, so that'll be interesting. If you have him, I'd say play him, but but please do not go out and buy Wilfried Bonnie and then send me texts or tweets like, you said to pick up Bonnie. I absolutely did not, and you know it in your heart. <laughs> um, in midfield, it's your boy, Dulafeu. He's still owned in a surprisingly few amount of leagues. I know everybody's been jumping on Barkley, but Dilafeu has been very hard done by just as much as Barkley's really uh, profited from a whole bunch of kind of garbage kind of plays. Dilafeu's created a lot of opportunities, just none of them finding the back of the net, uh, either for goals or assists. Uh, but he's facing a Norwich side that really struggles against pace as well as, you know, other things like other decent footballers. Um, but if he doesn't show up big this week, I think you might need to start looking at moving on. Well, I'm interested to hear you tell me how dumb I am. Um, I also like Mata against Bournemouth. Uh, you you got to imagine they're going to be playing angry after getting knocked out of the Champions League and Bournemouth don't really pose much of a threat uh, despite what they pulled off against Chelsea last week. I don't think they'll be able to do it two weeks in a row. What do you, what do you think about Dulafei? Rob? Sorry, man. Uh, you know, I love Jerry D. I've loved Jerry D for a while. You know, he's the kind of guy I look in my fridge and I'm like, oh, look, there's soda, there's purple stuff. Oh, I want the Jerry there's D. There's Jerry D. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's funny, but I love Jerry D. He, he is a shifty little winger that gets the ball across and he's got a big donkey in the middle in Lukaku and he does what he does. Lukaku is a guy who... He's a post-up power forward. You know, he basically does what he does, and he's got excellent ball control, and Delafeu usually finds him in good positions for Lukaku to score. What's not to like? <laughs> That's real. Uh, and then in defense, I really like uh, Stoke this week. That's not a huge surprise. Um, but against the West Ham side, without Sokka, without Payet, now without Lanzini, 
they're without Winston Reed, which doesn't really apply to the defense, but just so people know, he's, he's probably going to be out for, for three to five weeks. Um, but I, I think that Stoke just have a, a great chance of keeping a clean sheet. But this message is brought to you by our sponsors, Don't Chase Clean Sheets, <laughs> who uh, should have sponsored us last week as all of the big teams failed to keep clean sheets. Um, but uh, I, I think that if you're looking for, for a solid defensive play this week, I think it's Stoke. And of the Stoke defenders, I think uh, Eric Peters is the way to go. Uh, and City defenders as well. Uh, but uh, again, I, I don't like I don't like this segment anymore because we keep telling you to pick up teams that have excellent clean sheet chances, and I'm not sure I've been writing about a month. Um, but that's just kind of how the Premier League is now. We've talked many times. All the lower table teams have at least one good player, and they're they're all capable of scoring. So Stoke and City are my odds on, but they could easily both concede one and just ruin my day. Yeah, I I completely agree. There's there's some disappoint disagreement points. I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on starts. Yeah, go for it. Only only because I'll start at the back. Uh, you know, I'm on the antithesis about United. Mm. Uh, and you know, I think that they're gonna take this take this loss and not making advancing in the Champions League even worse. And the injury news for them is just bad. B A D bad. Yeah, that's uh, true. I, I don't see I don't see Chris Smalling or Matteo Darmian playing in this game. That uh, Smalling was basically limping around, couldn't even carry himself down the field. He was basically playing a striker position for the last nine minutes of the game because yeah. he couldn't get back. Uh, Darmian pulled a hamstring. He's going to be out multiple weeks, I, I would assume. Uh, so for me, the start on defense is Joe Smith. Can't get any more basic than that. And it's not the old basketball player <laughs> that was drafted by the Golden State Warriors. Good. <laughs> uh, United offense is just bad. You know, I, I had a friend who's a big United fan, and he texted me when United scored, and he goes, wait, what just happened? Uh, so they look all sixes and sevens, and I don't see them getting a, getting a goal. If this game's 0-0, zero, zero, it's probably a win for everyone. Um, through the midfield, once again, I'm going to stick with Bournemouth, only because I think that, that United's defense, with all the injuries, it's just riddled with disappointment and bad news. Uh, I'm going to go with the preseason darling and Matt Ritchie. His ownership's way down to 1.3%. Wow, yeah. uh, every, everyone's always looking Everyone's looking for like a nice replacement for Lanzini, who was a fifth midfielder at a decent price point at 5.7. Matt Ritchie's 5.6. You can save yourself a penny and probably get the same return that uh, Lanzini was going to do against a depleted United team. Uh, up front, I always go – it's hard with forwards because you should really only be rostering one of three of six options up top. And trying to squeeze a forward into any position for – you know, fantasy relativity is hard. So I, I'm looking at the fixtures and I'm going to pick a guy who played well today. I think he had an assist for, for Arsenal. Uh, I'm going to go with Joel Campbell. Uh, I don't think Oldsville is going to play the whole game. Uh, I know he played almost, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, what the hell is his name? <laughs> Drew. I don't think Drew is going to play the whole game. I apologize mm. for, for everyone listening. I don't think Drew is going to play the whole game. I think Joel Campbell plays a nice. Sorry. I know I said we didn't have time to get into nonsense. But ever since uh, I've seen Olivier Giroud, I've just called him a shit James Roday uh, from the show Psych, which was yeah. a great show, by the way. It was a good show. Uh, and Olivier really Giroud just looks like a tall French cheats on his wife more version of uh, James Roday. You know what he looks like to me? Mm. And I, I, everybody watches, you watch Family Guy, right? You, Indeed. You, well, okay. I, I catch it time to time. But yeah. yeah. You know what he looks like? He looks like the profile of Lois Griffin. If you if if when he turns to the side, when Lois Griffin turns to the side, he, look, he looks like Lois Griffin from Family Guy. 
if low if if he had red hair that was like a like a nice bob cut. Yeah, he, he I think he, I think he has the ego to think he could pull it off. Yeah, probably if he was a cartoon in anime world. But yeah, so <laughs> so so my start for forward is Joel Campbell. He's it's a good differential. Nobody's really going to roster him, but it, like I said, it's impossible to pick a forward option. That's that how, is, that sounds, honestly, that sounds more like a DFS kind of option than it is in the dot com game because that would yeah. mess your whole team. Oh, totally. But somebody that is looking for a differential in a league that has Kane and Lukaku up top and they're not actually going with the Watford duo uh, are looking for a nice differential at a decent price point. Why not? They're playing Aston Villa. I mean, anything can happen. I know we've yeah. predicted things, good things to happen against Aston Villa, cough, cough, Southampton, but nothing, nothing. Re- what's, what's the worst that can happen? He gets you three points. Yeah. I mean, but that, that's who I have at, at starts. Who you have at sits, Kev? Uh, yeah, uh, in sits, uh, I have Pella because, A, there's loads of better striker slash forward matchups this week. And because the Palace defense continues to be sneaky good. I mean, not on this show because we talk about them every week. But elsewhere, I don't think a lot of people are aware that, that Crystal Palace do have a pretty tidy defense um, shielded by MacArthur and Kabai, who... Uh, I think part of the reason why you're not very impressed with his fantasy impact is because he's staying back a lot more and is really helping out that defense. He's He's been a much better real-life player than fantasy player this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think Pell is not really one to be looking at this week. Um, then for midfield, I think that it's a... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably because of, of what I was just talking about with Southampton, I don't love Palace midfielders. Uh, and, and that would include uh, Kabai, but also Wilfried Zaha and Yannick Bolasi, who uh, have been very impressive uh, at times this season. It seems like Bolasi is, is really starting to turn a corner uh, there. But if they're going up against Cedric and Ryan Bertrand, I think they're one of the few duos that might be able to actually contain them. Um, but uh, if it's Maya Yoshida, then all of a sudden Balassi goes from a sit to uh, an infinite start who could just have a huge monstrous day uh, because Yoshida just obviously couldn't deal with his pace at all. Uh, and in defense, I really don't like Chelsea's chances. This could be the match where Leicester stops scoring and the Chelsea defense has been improving. Uh, but if it's not, if this isn't a match where Chelsea really show up, I think Leicester could easily score a couple uh, Ivanovic, Cahill, and Aspilicueta not known uh, specifically for their pace um, with Mares and Vardy. I, I think that, that that could just be, uh, I think it's kind of be a trap for people that have been watching Chelsea and they have been improving. People might want to buy in, but uh, I think maybe <laughs> maybe wait till next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let's see. Well, who do I got? Uh, I'll start in defense only because I agree with you with the, the Chelsea. Uh, I, I singled out Cesar Aspilicueta because he's owned pretty dominantly 12.7%. Uh, the Fox are going to score. They scored 14 and seven at home. Uh, they're, they're, it's not going to stop. I think Chelsea's going to be a little tired from the, from the get weekend uh, midweek game. I think it's going to carry over uh, through the midfield. You know what? I got burned. I, I thought Dusan Tadic would have been, been a good uh, roster differential for two weeks and he's not any good for me. So we shouldn't be any good for anyone else. So screw mm-hmm. him. He should not be on anybody's team. And by the way, if you're saying that Tottenham should be dropped and I'm saying Pella should be dropped, I think what that really means is feel free to drop Southampton players on the whole. Yeah, except for maybe like Van Dyke. But other than that, because as a, as a defensive differential, he's, he's decent enough that you're not losing that much doing a lateral move to someone else. Yeah. Uh, for the forward spot, um, you know what? 
everybody's falling in love with Everton and the Everton goal scoring train. You know what? Don't overthink things. Aruna Kone isn't isn't someone you need to be rostering if you think you should only because you shouldn't because if there's, there's so gonna, many other somebody, forward options, yeah. Absolutely. You, if you're not, you should be owning a Triumvir to the six, like we always say on this program. And I know his price point is awesome, and he allows you to get three 10.0 midfielders if you want them, or whoever you want. You could buy my sister. I think she's 12.5 now. <laughs> but, you know, you know, I don't think, from a standpoint of opinions, Kev, this start-sit isn't always just based on me and you. I think we should call someone else into this call. Mm. And I'm going to put out a call right now to Chief at FPL Hints. Chief, are you on the line? Hello. Good evening. Hey, Chief. What's going on, buddy? I'm, I'm all right, thank you. Uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. Yeah, right, calling cheers, in cheers. the big guns here. Yeah, absolutely. We're bringing in the Twitter wonderkin. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm just a pleb, my friends. Just a simple FPL pleb. <laughs> uh, that's okay. The accent, <laughs> the accent makes you an expert already in this, in this neck of the wook. <laughs> yeah, people, <laughs> people really don't love that we're American, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. So, so Chief, we were doing our uh, start sits for this week for, for the official game. Who do you have for the defensive midfielder and forward position for, each, for start and sits? For me, it's about looking at the form table first and foremost, um, and then looking at the fixtures ahead. And, you know, there's no denying Leicester's six wins in the last eight. That, that simply can't be ignored. And I know they've got a hard run of upcoming games, but they're just like a train at the moment. But of of the teams that interest me right now, it has to be Tottenham. And, yes. You know, like for Tottenham, they've been, they they haven't lost a game since the first match of the season. I think that was against United. Yeah, Kyle and Walker with the young goal. That's it. And looking ahead, that you know they've got a really good run of upcoming games. Uh, right until game week 25 mm. you know uh, the tricky matches might be Southampton away game week 17 and Everton away game week 20 so I'm I'm looking at Tottenham and in particular the three players that stand out for me well Harry Kane up front and then in midfield it has to be Ali or Ericsson if you've got the cash mm. and then in defence it has to be Eric Dyer or Toby Alderworld, if that's how you pronounce his name. <laughs> that is a name and a half. Um, yes. Well, first of all, I'm sure everybody that's listening to this is thrilled that uh, we have somebody else talking to them about Tottenham players because I think they started to tune me out But uh, just because I support Tottenham. But, yeah, they're all absolutely worth picking up. And as a person that owns Ericsson and is a Tottenham supporter, I think Ali's the better play. Uh, Dembele is uh, sick at the moment, which... I don't really think affects much, but Ali is pretty much a locked-in starter week to week. Uh, and he plays in advanced positions more than he doesn't, which is not exactly how Tottenham want him to play, but is obviously of benefit to your fantasy teams. Absolutely. And the significant thing here is that they've got a fantastic run of form that's proven, and it's been the case since uh, August. And they've got you know really good upcoming games, and they've got those core players who are playing regularly, they're getting the goals, and you know there's there's nothing stopping anyone having two or more um, Spurs players in their teams right now. Uh, I mean, you know th- th- those players I've mentioned are the only ones I'd consider. Um, but 
it, you know, De- Deli Ali has been fantastic this season. And, you know, dare I say it, he's got that Yaya Toure-esque vibe to him. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, it was MK Don's you know, playing in League One. Did he score like 19 goals last season? Yeah, from midfield. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, he, he's got, I wouldn't say he's got the pedigree, but he's got that goal scoring instinct within him. And, you know, you've got, I think he's paired up with Eric Dyer. With Dyer, you know, although he's out of position, he's more the defensive midfield kind of guy there. Yeah. But Deli Ali, he's got that license to roam. And that's what you want in a midfielder who's, what, less than five and a half million. You can't go wrong with him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rob, uh, if, if you had three players from a single team, who would you be looking at? Um, you know, I'm, I'd like to think a little bit more. I mean, I, I, I can't argue with Spurs because the, the, the triumvirate of groups that you could pick from a team are so limited. I think it's limited to, to three teams and three teams only for me. I think it'd be Spurs, Arsenal, or City. Those are the well, only that's convenient. We have three people on the call right now. Yeah, see, one for everybody. It's like it's like the giving tree. Please you know? pick Arsenal. Please, <laughs> yeah. please don't make me <laughs> pick Arsenal people. You know, I, I'd probably I'll I'll save you the, the, the benefit only because the three options they, they total out as the cheapest three. I'll pick Arsenal only because I would pick the goalie in in check because he gives you a nice goalie differential on a nice team that you really don't have to worry about, you know, transferring out another goalie unless due to injury there. Uh, and then on defense, you could pretty much pick up Hector Bellerin. He's pretty good fantasy-wise. He's not going to overwhelm you with anything. He's not going to give you many goals or, you know, attributes that are great for fantasy, but he's steady. That's what you want. And pairing him up with a with a goalkeeper gives you that double up in the back end that is sometimes wanted by a lot of people. Uh, then you have the best best uh, facilitator in, in the, the official game, and you got Mesut Ozil through the midfield at 9.4. I mean, those three combined are only 16, 16 and change. So, I'm sorry, 19 and change. So you're looking at the, the difference in prices for the core as compared to Spurs, where they're over 20, 21, because Harry Kane is such a such an expensive piece. Mm. And... But th- I would go with Arsenal. Those would be my three. Only because I like I like shoring up the back end and I like having a goalie defender combo. Yeah, Chief, did you have anybody else you kind of wanted to throw into the ring here? Yeah, I mean, if we, you know, if we, you know, look beyond the elite teams or the, you know, the, the Europe, U- U- Europa League, Champions League teams, there is one team that does stand out and it has to be Stoke City. Now, you know, you might think, oh, you know, yeah. he's just saying that because they beat Man City <laughs> over the weekend. But they, they've won five five of their last eight. And this this isn't the And they'll Stoke get better all. once Diof comes back. Exactly. You know, he's he is their target man. And you know, in, in fairness, you know, Boyan, he's he's been okay. But you know, if if you know Stoke have Butland, he's been amazing. He's just been, you know, they've not kept that many clean sheets but he's been been getting the save points then you've got Arnautovic um, in midfield who I know he's been a bit hot and cold but I think there is something there that you know he he, you know he's almost out of position dare I say it he shouldn't really be listed as midfielder but he is and you've also got Shakiri, but you know he's he hasn't scored yet but had a big week this week though yeah, I mean, with the two assists and you know, that that they put 
him in good stead, and I'm sure they'll boost his confidence. That match against Man City, if, I'm not sure if you watched it or not, they should have won 4-5 or 6-0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure hit the post twice, if memory serves. That's, that's correct, yes. And, you know, you know, there's something that I referred them to. It's like a Stokelona type of football. You've got Afalai, you've got Bojan, Arnautovic, Shakiri. You know, these flare, flare players um, going, you know, going forwards, that they will create the chances. And, you know, with, with more confidence, they will get more goals. And, you know, Stoke's upcoming games, I would say, I wouldn't say they're too difficult, but they're not that easy you know, at the same time, but the fact they've got the form and the fact they beat City over the weekend, and you know the players that I've mentioned there, you you can you can you can have like a, a good trio from from them. And here here's the crucial bit: they don't have any, um, you know, well, I guess Europe's finished now for mm. the winter period, but it's it's just Premier League for them. I agree. I, I'm we're, we're big fans of. Of Marko Arnautovic on this on this podcast, I, I've been preaching his praises. You know, it's just hard getting him into to a fantasy roster only because there's so many other better options uh, that are scoring points. But form wise, right now he's he's with the elite guys, so he's got to be even considered with with the, the you know the the De Bruyne's, the Mares's, the Otsels, only because he's performing. And Stoke has the propensity to either blow up or stay at zeros. Yeah, and still one of the, the fewest scoring teams in the league. I think they're just on 13 uh, for the season. Uh, I'm going to start with the super obvious one that wasn't picked, Manchester City. Um, I obviously love David Silva. I mentioned it at the top of the show. Uh, love him a whole lot. I, I think Aguero's the one on the way out. I'd much rather have Silva, De Bruyne, and Kolarov than having Aguero. And kind of to your point about the Tottenham players, where, where Kane is the one that really drives up that group's price, Aguero, <laughs> and by the way, I did call this in September, um, but uh, I do realize I was wrong at the time, because then Aguero obviously uh, went on and had a great match, uh, scoring his five goals. But I'd be absolutely fine with uh, Silva, De Bruyne, and Kolarov. Oh, absolutely! I, you can't. There's, there's nothing wrong with that that trio, and I, I agree that Aguero. I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago when he came back, when he scored the five goals, and everybody started considering, myself included, because I, I said it on multiple publications and you know on my on brassball.com that I thought that he was going to be and come back and blow up and basically had to be a rostered guy only because he's such a roster differential for everyone who owns him. Based, regardless of price point, he he gives such a uh, a fantasy output that you kind of have to roster him. Chief, what do you think about that? Well, well, gents, look, I I can't I can't lie. I I I really do like Kolarov as an FPL player. I also like David Silva and De Bruyne, but I've got I've got to disagree here, and here, here's why. Mm. Um, Manchester C- City without company in defence. You know, they just leak goals for fun. And that, yeah, that Dima really... Kellis has been involved in both the Stoke loss and the two four one losses to Spurs and Liverpool. Exactly. And and the the, the other centre back, so Otamendi, he's like a thirty five million pound liability. Mm-hmm. Um so I you know, I, I had Kolarov in my team, you know, from, from the start. And then when he missed that penalty Oof, oh, yeah. I, I just had to get rid of him. And you know, like they're conceding goals <laughs> like there was no tomorrow. Um, so that that was a big put off, and for me, I I am an 
you know, I'm a, I'm a Sergio Aguero fan through and through. He helped me finish 110th in the world a few years back, you know. So I, I've, you know, I, I, I like him, but I know you guys aren't giving him consideration. Neither would I. But at the same time, you know, I'm just not looking at Kolarov right now. And I've got a, although I've got De Bruyne in my team, mm. I'm worried that De Bruyne and Silva may cancel each other out. Now I, I know that you know the last start they had with Aguero, that was the the match against Newcastle United when they won what seven eight nil. Yeah. But isn't isn't that a concern for you guys that David Silva and De Bruyne, rather than complementing each other in the same team, they they may become the assisters assist. Yeah, we we've talked about it a little bit. First of all, uh, I think this podcast is wholly pro hockey assist. Um, that we'd be fine if those players got to, to count, count those secondary assists. But uh, I, I think Sterling is the odd man out. I think Toure is the odd man out. I, I, I personally think that Silva and De Bruyne can coexist as long as De Bruyne realizes he needs to stay a little bit on the outside. Uh, this is a huge problem at Tottenham where Eric Lamela and Eriksen constantly get in each other's way. But I think both Silva... And uh, De Bruyne are smarter than their counterpart in that analogy that I just made. I think they'll be fine. I think they'll. I think you'll see De Bruyne scoring more and assisting less. Uh, but I, I think that team runs through David Silva. So if I was going to be the least worried about a player, it would be Silva. But I think De Bruyne is still going to be fine. It is getting near that point because I, I have yet to buy in on De Bruyne. Uh, I kept thinking Silva would be back and I kept being wrong. Um, so I, I don't own De Bruyne at the moment. But it's getting to the point... Price point wise, where I'm still sitting on Winyoldum, who had a great match for me last week, but I probably don't want to keep long term. But I'm I'm not sure I want to pull the trigger on De Bruyne just because of the price. Even though I do think that they can coexist. What do you think, Rob? You know I, you know we've talked about this before, and I'm under the same. I think Yaya and and Sterling are the first two guys to get affected by the the secondary stuff that doesn't relate to fantasy points. Um, can Silva and De Bruyne actually coexist? I, I actually think they can. I you know, it's it comes to a standpoint of basically De Bruyne and Silva getting comfortable with each other, and De Bruyne finding the right role for him and cutting in at the right time, not being overlapping too much on Silva and getting in everybody's way, especially when Aguero is there. Mm. Um, you know, I there's plenty. There's going to be plenty of fantasy points to go around for City. They're 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 the most high powered offense whenever when they're clicking on all cylinders. So I mean, I completely agree with you that he he may not get as many assists as he's getting right now. But I think the goal output because the attention that Aguero is gonna gonna you know garner is gonna fall onto De Bruyne's plate. And from a fantasy perspective, that's probably a really great thing. Which you know, I I I, I can understand that you know the, there's no denying that they have the attacking prowess, but isn't there a danger that you know for for all the attacking nows that they have that if that target man Sergio Aguero is not there, finishing off that end product, and you've got like you've either got like a you know unfit or out of form Wilfred Boney or a you know temporary false number nine um Raheem Sterling isn't there a danger that you double up on them and no goals not, get produced their, their service yeah their service doesn't get any end product that's my concern I would say you know get De Bruyne or get Silva but if you double up on them there is that danger that you know it's almost just an expensive 
duo. Yeah, that, that, um, that is an excellent point. You could come away from those matches with just four points from two of your highest priced players. There, yeah. there is definitely value to that. I would say that that we are both kind of speaking. I I think. Uh, of how it will work with Aguero because you kind of imagine them yeah, as the yeah, eleven, but at the but at the moment, yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Uh, a sneaky uh, trio that I was just toying with in my head a little bit is Watford. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but we've seen Dini starting to turn it up. He's up to seventy points now. Agallo on ninety six. They've both been very good, and Herulio Gomez. Shocking to say, Tottenham supporter that I am. Um, always. But huh? <laughs> There's always that Tottenham link there, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, there, see? Exactly. And you came on talking Tottenham and it, it opened the door for me to just blather on this whole time. <laughs> yeah, way to um, go, Chief. Way to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that the, all of them are decent. I think Gomez gets you the saves required to get you some points and he's been getting some bonus points throughout the year uh, in some of his bigger matches, as is Igalo, who's just been piling them up. Um, so obviously you're not going to have three Watford players. I think this is more of an exercise of me just saying, hey, there are three ownable Watford players. And I think that that's kind of astounding in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, the, the most obvious choice for anybody, because they'd look at Vardy and Mares, and then they would be like, okay, now who else for, for Leicester? Yeah, Albrighton or Fuchs. Yeah, Albrighton's yeah. in the top 18. That, that He's the highest other ranked player for, for Leicester right now at 18th in midfield. For all scoring positions, he's the highest out of all the positions for scoring. Besides, I, besides Schmeichel, because goalies, you're not going to bring in Schmeichel because the clean sheet ability for Leicester and their defense is just not in any shape, way for or form to be a fantasy relevance. Yeah, and if you wanted three Manchester United players, you'd have to have a teenager involved because <laughs> all of them are hurt. <laughs> um, Get on the Guillermo Varela train. <laughs> Hype train, whoop whoop. Um, all right. Uh, well, let's uh, quickly move into our captain picks for the week. Uh, Chief, we, we go through and we isolate the player in our team that we're going to captain and who you think kind of the best captain option is uh, on the whole for this week. Uh, so who do you have for match week 16? Yeah, I mean, look, looking at match week 16, you've, you've got you've got quite a few options there. And for me, it has to be Everton again. And it has to be Lukaku, but then Norwich, you know, they've conceded, apart from the last match, they've only conceded a goal a game. Um, I, I am looking at Lukaku and he, he is a favoured pick, but then my the the default setting within me, it's that Spurs pick, it's Harry Kane against Newcastle United mm. at White Hart Lane. I, I just can't look beyond that pick and I would say that is my first preference right now. Um, I think Lukaku is also viable. Um, I, I know that there are some people who are also willing to look at Vardy against Chelsea, which I think is a bit of a risk. But yeah, I mean, Lukaku or Kane, surely. Yeah, I think those are an excellent shout. And I think Kane might somehow be a sneaky play against Newcastle because some people might overthink it considering uh, what happened against Liverpool last week. Uh, Rob, who do you got? Um you know, I'm I'm in agreement with Chief here. I think if you're gonna have one guy who's you're gonna lump lump the C on, I think it's gonna be Lukaku this week. Um, I just like Everton's chances against Norwich. Norwich are just sinking with with shipping goals, and uh, I think Lukaku gets another tally. Just looking at the game, you know, last week, you know, Lukaku easily could have had a hat trick. He, he easily could have had three, and probably should have had three. Uh, 
I think I sent you a text that he was a what was he the the Belgian wood woodmaker? He just kept banging on the posts. Uh, but yeah, it's it's either Lukaku and then you know for my own personal team, I don't actually own Lukaku. I own I own Kane, Agalu, and Vardy up top. So you know I've been I've been having pretty good luck with Agalu up top, and I'm not one to usually double down or triple down, but. How could you? How could you go against Igalu right now? I I don't see how you can't. I I agree. You know, Igalo has been sensational this season. And just just on on a on a side note, Igalo's got ninety six points, and Troy Deeney has seventy points. You know, and Deeney recently has been scoring the goals as well. Um, I I would go as far as to say that you know both both are viable in game week sixteen. Um, you know the the form doesn't lie. The opposition is Sunderland away, um, so you know no no disrespect to them either. But in terms of um, the explosivity, are Watford going to score three or more goals against um, Sunderland? Against you know Big Sam Sunderland? I I, I don't think so. Mm. Whereas you know put that put that question to Kane at home against Newcastle United. The table flips. I, I I would say Lukaku. I know I know he's got form on his side, and they're playing Norwich. But Norwich aren't going to get bashed four, five, six nil. So just bear that caution with them as well. But yeah, you know, Igalo is also a good shout. I I really can't argue against him either. Yeah, Igalo has been great for me. He's gotten me forty four points in the last two weeks uh, as I I've captained him both times, which. Uh, I was a little hesitant to do, but I kind of needed to make up some ground after some poor choices early in the season. Cough, cough, yeah, yeah, Toure. Um, <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm probably, I am probably going to roll with the Gallo. My front three, uh, also the three highest bonus uh, point earning forwards: Lukaku, Gallo, and Vardy. That Lukaku one looks tasty, and it looks like the obvious choice. But uh, I'm going to do a big fantasy no-no and dance with who brought me here. Uh, and Igalo has done very well for me the past few weeks, and I, I think that the odds are fairly high that it gets at least a goal or an assist, whereas I think Lukaku could be entirely shut out. I don't love Vardy against Chelsea. I'm perfectly willing to have other people triple-captain him or single-captain him and watch him get an assist or or a goal. That's fine. I, I think I'm going to... You made, you made some really good points on Igalo there, actually. Uh... I might do it. I, I might stick with the Gallo. I also was kind of looking at Silva in that Swansea match. I think he could easily create two, either goals or assists combined. But uh, I, I'm I'm probably going to roll with the Gallo. I don't know who I'm kidding. Or Wijnaldum against Tottenham because I have the worst luck ever. <laughs> you just like going just, against yourself. Just coming back to Silva, are you willing to take that risk? No, despite him. Well, I, I don't mm. know. I'm a, oh, first of all, I'm a crazy, insane person. So, <laughs> uh, would my heart do that? A thousand percent. Unfortunately, I do have better options so that my mind can overrule it. Uh, because, yeah, I, but I, I mentioned uh, during start sit. I, I kind of had this weird feeling that Boney's just going to roll back into Swansea and ruin everyone's day. With all of them reminiscing about Monk, which, by the way, big ups to the Swansea supporters because usually when you see a manager sack that has one just one match in eleven, they're followed by a whole lot of uh, expletives. Um, but uh, I've been very uh, impressed by how many Swansea fans have been appreciating him, bringing up his ninety million pound tackle that got them up to the Premier League. How well he did got, got them their second best 
uh, record in club history last season. So anyway, I don't know what I'm talking they about. Him too, they just sacked him too soon. In, in all honesty, you know, this was the guy who worked his way up the divisions with Swansea, got them to the Premier League, had had the chance to manage. And yeah, granted, he uh, he's only won one match in 11. But I think that's going to cause them more problems than they anticipate. Who's going to replace him? Brendan Rodgers? You know, second. Uh, Brendan Rodgers has <laughs> ruled himself out today. Yeah. Which it's gonna is. Oh, that's com- it's going to be Gus Poyet. It's going to be Gus Poyet. It's not. I, I, I don't think it's Moyes either. I think kind of the sneak uh, candidate is Bergkamp. I think that would be very interesting. Uh, reports, you know, who knows if they're true or not, of Seydorf lurking around that area as well. I don't know why else uh, Clarence Seydorf would be in Wales. But um, yeah, those are all interesting options. I, I said this on, on our EPL show. Uh, as opposed to the FPL show that's this one. Um, and yes, I do know it's not actually the English Premier League. <laughs> Before we get into that whole hate email situation again. Um, but uh, I, I think that at this point, they just need a different voice in their ear. They they had started to tune out. Too many of their better players were struggling. Sigurdsson's been awful. Buffett Timby Gomez has been awful. The defense hasn't been great. Um, they're relying on John Joe Shelby to get them points, which is John Joe Shelby should never be in your top four players. Um, and he's had to be because of the struggles of other players, Jefferson Montero in and out of the squad. And he, I think he's a very talented player. I think from a fantasy perspective, this is great news because it'll rejuvenate things. Uh, I wish I kind of wish Rogers was the one taking the Swansea job because I have Sigurdsson in a draft league. And we all know uh, what uh, Rogers was able to do with Sigurdsson before. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I agree with you that it is a, it, it's indicative of the culture that he gets sacked after one win in 11 matches. But I do think that they will then perform better from here on out. Uh, but you have to feel for Gary Monk and, and hopefully he, he lands on his feet and gets a pretty good uh, job either in the championship or abroad and then can come back soon. Uh, but it is crazy, kind of to your point, that a month ago he was being linked with the Liverpool job quietly. <laughs> After yeah. Rodgers was sacked, and he was linked with the England job there for a little bit to replace Roy Hodgson when he retired. So, anyway, we uh, got off on a bit of a, a, a bit of a tangent. Tangent there. Um, what were we talking about? Oh, right, captains. No, I'm I'm not going to start Silva against Swansea, but I'm tempted. Also, uh, I'm really not that huge on Ericsson right now. I think with Dembele out, it makes things interesting, especially if Chadley starts on the wing. And Erickson gets to actually play behind Kane, which he hasn't done for about five weeks now. Uh, obviously, his preferred position where he tends to thrive. But I'm looking at Erickson at 8.4 on my team. And I'm legitimately questioning why he's there. But I already have 5.9 in the bank that I need to spend somewhere because I just dropped Aguero for Lukaku before his price rose. Um, but I don't really want Erickson in there. I just can't imagine rolling a team of all lower-priced people. If I dropped Erickson for Ali... I have 8.9 in the bank. But I think it's the better fantasy option. And I think that's a very interesting thing that's happened this year. Is there are value options that are better than star players. Uh, do you have any kind of reaction to that, Chief? Yeah, I mean, you know, what you've said to it is, is quite interesting. I've got 5.5 million in the FPL bank. And I guess that's indicative of the kind of season we're having and, you know, the fact of the matter is that the premium strikers, your Sturridges, your Rooneys, your Costas, your Agueros, these guys are either injured or they're lacking match fitness or they don't have the form. That's the reason why we've got the extra cash 
at hand. Now, just because that's happening, that isn't to say that, oh, we must, you know, buy the most expensive players. But the fact is, the most expensive players aren't performing. So don't be lulled into a false sense of insecurity that, oh, I've got this cash. That means my team is rubbish. Far from it. You know, don't don't worry about the cash in the bank. Look at the form players and look at the ones that are getting you the points. Because, you know, ultimately, that's what FPL is all about. You know, the points rather than the cash. Yeah. And conversely, you're talking about all the strikers that are struggling. But most teams probably still have a Gallo and Vardy in there for a combined price of less than Aguero. Or you have a Mares that you've gotten from early on in the season that people probably have in at the high oh. fives, low sixes. Oh, um, don't. Don't talk Mares to me. I don't have him in my team. <laughs> what? <laughs> what have you done? How is that even possible? And we'd well, like to well, say goodbye to Chief now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well to, to answer your question, I, I, I did have him early on in the season. I mean, I, I just thought the guy was fluking it, quite frankly, because up until this season, he'd never scored five or more in, you know, in yeah. any of his, like, uh, any of the season's previous to this yeah, so I, I thought the guy was fluking it and then I got you know I got onto the Mares bandwagon and you know he, he got me a goal then he got injured and he got dropped something happened and I thought you know I can't waste my time with him I'll get on Jamie Vardy instead who just kept on scoring kept on scoring so my logic was I dropped Mares, I get Vardy I've got my Leicester cover unfortunately the Mares Vardy combo has just been really amazing and I think 60% own Mares my, my logic was that you know he's bound to fade and you know as he fades the, that template team mechanism will crash and I can chase myself up the rankings and what does he do he goes to the Liberty Stadium he scores a hat trick to my dismay so <laughs> I now have to contemplate buying him because if he gets if he gets you know more goals in the weeks ahead, I'm going to, you know, lose out. So that's a conundrum that I have to deal with. Yeah, in your favor, uh, and I mentioned this on, on an appearance I made earlier this week, the next six are Chelsea, Everton, Liverpool, City, Bournemouth, Tottenham, which is an incredibly difficult run. Already mentioned Chelsea's defense improving. Still think lesser score, but maybe not great. Everton and Liverpool, they have defenders worth owning. City, as long as the McKellis doesn't start. <laughs> have a chance. Tottenham's defense, obviously, a lot of Tottenham defenders are ownable. So I definitely can see where you were coming from. I don't have the, uh, hmm. I don't know how to say this nicely. So I, I don't have the balls yeah. to do it. <laughs> I, I think, uh, I'm well, just. Well, well, conversely, what I've done instead is I actually. Um, I've got a triple Everton attack. Not, not not that I've got three Everton strikers, but right. because Everton's games, you know, even now the next five games are, you know, simply amazing. I've got Gerard Delafeu, I've got Ross Barkley, and I've got Lukaku now. So I'm stuck now because if I sell one of them and they do well, I'm going to lose out. Take yourself forever. So, <laughs> yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure what to do right now. Um, but yeah, that that's the other. Yeah, risk that you take that if you if you don't um, if you don't go for the high ownership players and then take a risk on these other players just due to to their fixtures, you're just kind of in a trap and then you're stuck. Yeah, I feel like Dilafeu is exactly the experts' trap that all mm-hmm. of us talk about having Dilafeu, and then yeah. he just keeps being so hard done by. We mentioned this a little bit earlier, and everything is falling Barkley's way at the moment. Those uh, two goals he had the other week where both of them were deflected and then he got to tap them in. Uh, but to your point, uh, after listing all the difficult 
Leicester fixtures, uh, Norwich, Leicester, Newcastle, Stoke, Tottenham are Everton's next five. Uh, obviously, three or four of those you're probably feeling very confident in, especially with attacking players. Uh, I think Everton, actually, looking forward, Everton-Leicester is going to be a very fun match to watch. Yeah, it um, will absolutely be a good game. Yeah. Or it's going to be nil nil. Yeah, right. So it's going to be nil nil. Just like it always. Lester is going to be top of the table, flying high. Everybody's going to say it's going to be you know a goal fest, and it's going to be a nil nil draw or a <laughs> one nil on a penalty that's going to for some reason be taken by like McCarthy or something nonsensical just to ruin everyone's day. Sunez <laughs> More. Uh, Gareth, um, Gareth Barry, three bonus points. <laughs> <laughs> oh, d- didn't he get bonus points for that barely assist at the, at the weekend? No, it's just crazy. I mean, Monday night match, he got three bonus points for that like dodgy assist. And it, it just, it just, you know, it's just beggars belief that, you know, the guy you captain, he, uh, 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 you know, admittedly, it wasn't the winning goal. And in, in on another night, he would have scored a hat trick. Mm. The, the, you know, it's just one of those things. I, I guess it's why we love FPL and why we're addicted Do we? to it. Don't, don't we really <laughs> no, have I, a deep-seated <laughs> hatred for it? Don't you say those words. To me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, Gareth Barry, three bonus points. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. The legend that he is. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's an extra point. This is actually, we haven't really talked about this before. I think it bears mentioning. Do you target bonus points when you're looking at bringing a player in? That, that is a good question. Um, it's something that I, I have, you know, I, I look at it at times. Um, but I think that the bonus points can also skew the type of players that you pick as well. So, for instance, goalkeepers don't pick up a lot of bonus points but you know ultimately you know they're getting the saves and you know, depending on who they are they get the clean sheets i i will only look at bonus points if it comes down to marginal differences against a mini league rival um and you know uh, there are certain players that will get more bonus points than others um based on that bps system that fpl use i wouldn't say don't don't worry too much about it because um, you know, you can't predict who's going to get the bonus points. You know, it's it's hard enough to predict who's going to score, let alone keep a clean sheet. Um, but you know, you you are you are you know you you are inclined to look at it, but you know, not not too much. Yeah, I tend to use it as a tie break. If I'm looking at two players that in my mind are about level, I'll be like, eh, how how many times have they kind of been in that top three for their team, and then kind of use it in in that way. Uh, Rob, do you have a take on this? Spot on. Uh, you know, I look at it, I just glance at it, and then I look, I just and then quickly myself. move along with my life. No, I, I look at the, I look at the BPS, I look, I look at the BPS system, and then I realize that Jan, uh, M, M Villa from Sunderland is fifth overall. He's balling, man. And, and then I completely click off of it and disregard <laughs> it. That, that is a, that's an excellent point. Um, <laughs> speaking of Sunderland, I, uh, once again, am very frustrated that Dynasty isn't a thing because Duncan Watmore would be an excellent Dynasty owner. Um, well, soon forward. will be. We're going to, we're going to start one. We got to start one. Like, we should start one at the end of January for the, after the transfers. Go yeah, we'll Probably. start a petition. Chief, do you ever, do you ever play draft styles? Um, the, the only draft game I, um, play, it's play Togger. Yeah. One so, of us so, might be employed by them. <laughs> I, I know. 
um i i do the i do the weekly rankings as well and i've seen you know you yeah. guys um doing the r rankings as well in fact um i think it's what's the worst Kevin? ranking i had yes that's me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, what what was the draft game you just mentioned there? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that was Targa. That's that's where we. Oh, Targa. Everything. Yeah, yeah you played that's where, that's where we as well. Yeah, we're in we're in the American Experts League because apparently we're different. Last year it was all experts, and I uh, had the most points in the league, but didn't win on a head to head. Yeah, the oh, American yeah. the American system we score on the metric table, and then the other system <laughs> you guys score on the regular American table. It's a it's a big mind screw. It is a bit backwards, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a big it's mind like the MLS. So you've got your regular season winner, and then you've got the MLS the Cup playoff winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we score by um, stones but, instead of weight. Mm. Mm. But with with perfect eleven, I finished ninth last year actually uh, in that format, yeah. and I I actually I, I know the scoring system is a bit different with respect to FPL and play yeah, comprehensive stats. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. But you, you, there's more like minutiae involved. But you know, sometimes I will experiment with a player in my perfect eleven team who who I'm a bit afraid to pick in my FPL team, and it, the chances are I might pick them the week after if that makes sense. So it's almost like a testing ground for me. Yeah, and, and chances created, which is included in that format, is an excellent way to look at assists to prevent chasing them because if a player is consistently creating three or more chances. Uh, per match or, or every so often, it obviously raises the chances that <laughs> the chances. I've used that word like seven times in this sentence. <laughs> um, raises the odds uh, that they'll get assists. So I, yeah, I think as a, as a proven ground, it's it's an excellent idea, and it's it's just fun to play if you have those players that you can't afford, or if you're in leagues that don't allow you to own Arsenal players, so your FPL team is garbage. You can go into <laughs> you can go into Perfect Eleven and put an Arsenal on your side so that you can actually benefit from his absurd form. Um, but, oh, actually, that leads me in. Huge drama in the Tottenham fantasy community as two of the top three uh, have been kicked out of the league for having Arsenal players, which is a very explicit rule. Um, both How could they do Arsenal. it? How could they do that in this high holy period for Tottenham fans? I know, right? The sh for <laughs> shame. Uh, it was it was like the fantasy version of Man in the High Castle. That's a reference seven people will get. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, we are unfortunately out of time. It was an absolute pleasure having you on, Chief. Can you tell people where to reach you? Yep, you can You can catch me on my Twitter handle. Um, you can catch me um, uh, with the FanFeud podcast, and you can catch me on my blog. Just, just FPL hints. All right, and Rob, whatever. Tell people something. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Nobody really cares about me. <laughs> I'm I'm I'm, the, I'm here for comedy and looks, and you can't really see looks because we're on a podcast. So, as always, you can, <laughs> as always, you can find me at soccer.rasball.com, or you can find me here on this podcast at the EPL Index, or you can find me on Twitter. That's at Smokey underscore Loogie L O O G Y. It's a baseball thing. People people keep asking me. It has to do with baseball. I started writing fantasy for baseball, and it just carried over. So. That's the gist of that story. That's a big secret about me. <laughs> that and I can make, I make a mean bunt cake. What about you, Kev? Uh, well, first of all, a uh, quick take on the Shelby Miller trade and how the Braves are going to matter in two years now. Yeah, um, the Braves are going to matter in Darby Dansby Swanson is going to be their starting shortstop next year. Yeah, and it, all of a sudden it doesn't make the Andrelton Simmons trade look dumb. Excellent business by them. I have no idea how they managed it at all. Also, the Marlins asked for uh, Chris. Oh no, the Braves asked for. Uh, Chris Bryant in a potential trade for Shelby Miller, which is hilarious. 
Um, and Chief's just I over there like, no sure. Idea what you <laughs> we're, we're talking baseball. It's fine. I, I go on an all sports, uh, a couple all sports podcasts, all in sports talk and right. fine pub sport where I have to endure cricket talk. And uh, apparently this is my uh, passive revenge. Um, but, what? Cricket's fantastic. Is it? Yeah. though? <laughs> I All I know is I got really excited because one time they referenced somebody as being a baseball player. And I was like, oh, so that means he's good? And they're like, ah, no. And <laughs> I was like, okay, I, I don't understand anymore. Uh, rugby's fine, though. I got to watch the end of that. I, this is just super rambly. Hi, I'm Kevin. I, I'm the host of this. I have <laughs> diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> it's true. I need some... Uh, wait. Just- Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. Hey, I like Tottenham. I don't know if that's ever been mentioned. Uh, But you can find me on Twitter. (laughs) Newcastle United. Yeah, they're a team. (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at Kevroff. You can find my writings over at blog.playtalga.com and at theeaglesbeak.com. This is our fantasy show. It comes out Fridays. You're already listening to it. What am I talking about? The EPL Roundtable comes out Fridays. For previews, Mondays for reviews, so be sure to check that out. And uh, we will be back next week, next Friday morning, so come back for more fantasy advice and a guest that probably likes baseball more, uh, but probably is much less impactful in the fantasy community. So thanks so much for joining us, Chief. It was a pleasure. And Rob, you exist. And uh, okay, uh, listen to us next week, please. Thanks. Peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.